Welcome to the Race to Rugby World Cup pod with Ron and Adam from the side of the road, somewhere on the planet. Race to Rugby World Cup pod. We are in Invercargill. Uh, I know, not sure where this episode will pull in, but we do give you, we do owe you an update from our ride between Brisbane and Sydney. However, we have found ourselves uh, the most southern I've ever been in my life. The Me too. 29th country yep. I've ever visited in my life. It's um, surprisingly not as cold as everyone told me it would be. It might get like that in the next few days. But yeah, we are in Invercargill, New Zealand, and we are beginning our final leg of Race to Rugby World Cup 2021. Yeah, and it's a uh, final, final country. Um, and obviously, yeah, I'll be looking forward to this leg. I mean, I've been lucky enough to visit New Zealand a few times, um, but it's always a bucket list thing on its own to cycle the length of the country. And we're about to do it. And, Cannot wait. Uh, yeah, and most importantly, uh, we are sitting down with Miri Baker. Uh, kia ora morena, ko um, Hukirangi te moanga, ko Waiapu te awa, ko Nuhaka te marae, uh, ko Ngāti Parau, Kahununu te iwi, ko Miritaka Wingwa. Uh, kia ora, boys, and um, that's uh, basically a, a whakapapa of, for my ancestors, so just an introduction of where I come from, and in the Māori word it connects us to our mountains, our rivers, and also um, our marais, so in our iwis. Can you explain a little bit more? Because I was with my um, friend yesterday, we stayed in Christchurch, and he was saying that when you make your introductions, it, it's related to often geography. Is that like, as you say, with mountains and rivers? Mm. So can you just give us an example of how it would work in your context? Yeah, so like I said, Hukirangi Tumuanga, which is a mountain. So the Hukirangis up in um, uh, Ngāti Parau area, Napier and Hawke's Bay. Oh, so that's a specific range of mountains. Specific, yeah, yeah. geography, yeah. And then Waiapu uh, is a river, okay. so it's up there. It goes through through all through Napier and, and Gisborne, out, just outside of Gisborne. And then uh, Amarai, which is Newhaka, which is just out of Mahia, um, which is Gisborne again. Okay. So so my father's from, from Gisborne, okay. and he's a North Island Māori, and my mother was actually from Southland, so in Vicargo. All right. Redhead. So <laughs> I was pretty lucky to not get the red hair. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so she's uh, originally from what we call Waihopu. This is called Waihopu in a Māori context. Okay. Um, and Mirahuku as well, so yeah. I must say, I've, I have downloaded a podcast, The Short History of New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and I am determined to make sure that in the first few days of our journey now, I actually give it some context. Because you come and visit a country and it's so easy just to pop in, um, you know, see all the main sites, go and watch a couple of games of rugby, enjoy a few drinks, leave with actually very little understanding about the country. I think it's Adam and I, it's one of the great things about cycling is that you meet cool people along the way. And hopefully, and you meet communities and you meet, there's nowhere to, you know, you sort of, Exploring every inch of your journey, so yeah, I forgot to, yeah, I probably forgot to say my walker, which is pretty naughty of me. But um, so the walker represents the canoe that you come over on, your whanau com- comes over from. Okay. So they they call it Hawaii, which doesn't really it, it kind of exists. It's Polynesia. There's, there's three diamond shapes and all the way through um, Hawaii and all the way through there. Yeah. So, and and yeah, I forgot to say it. It's all good. That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, our canoes are our bicycles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Well, they're, they're called your walkers. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are the walkers. Okay. Yeah. I, re- I, I enjoy how just, you know, from a flight between Sydney and New Zealand, a lot of like everything on the screens and on the billboards is everything about the mountains and the rivers and nature. The one thing I didn't, do my research on and listening to the history I, I kind of started with the wildlife <laughs> and I've noticed that there's 
no wildlife, well, no big animals in New Zealand and nothing that can kill you, as they say, because we've just come from Australia where they're like the nine most venomous snakes <laughs> attack you at any moment. Um, so it feels a lot, I feel a lot more safer knowing that the most dangerous thing here is probably a little kiwi bird or a sheep <laughs> crossing the road whilst you're cycling. Well, yeah, let's face it, there's more sheep than people here. So, um, yeah. yeah, New Zealand is probably one of the safest countries, kind of a bit like Ireland as well, you know. They yeah. don't really have any um, venomous, uh, maybe a spider, a spider maybe, yeah. um, or a wetta that's kind of big and ugly, but that's about it. Um, we just, yeah, we're, it's good though. You go to Australia and you're like ants and all sorts of things going to bite you. And so we're pretty lucky. But everybody, yeah, everyone in Australia, yeah, that's the thing. You suck into the outback, you're going to get all these snakes going to bite you, the scorpions. That Everybody in New Zealand is telling us about their drivers. That seems to be the <laughs> <laughs> Should we be careful out here? Yeah, definitely. Especially down here. They um, tend to go really fast and um, in the middle of the road. So just uh, – Mind yourselves. <laughs> okay, we got, we got our big flags flapping <laughs> yeah, off the back. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> well, what, what you guys make up for no dangerous animals, you've got it in rugby players. And mm. that is something for as South Africans, we fear every time uh, the black ferns or the all blacks run onto the field against any sort of opposition of ours. We know it's going to be a tough game and, uh, and it's just incredible to be in a country where rugby is so loved. We did have a side visit to Fiji and I think – they might yeah. be up there, f you know, we're starting to try and work out the rankings, who loves rugby more in the world. And, um, yeah, so, but it's good when we get, we're going to explore that. So, yeah. yeah, I think rugby's, rugby's big here and I'm very excited for that. Yeah, what is your, what is your experience in, in, in Fiji, Mero? How would you oh, answer that question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful country. Um, probably, I think, the most organic um, rugby players I've ever seen. Oh, that's a good word, yeah. Yeah, it's and they just seem to be able to change direction with with a whim yeah um powerful fast and sometimes they don't even know that anything about structure or anything yeah. like that and and they're really impressive so I've, I've done a bit of coaching and commentary there before and the commentary you're just like what happened there like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, i don't yeah, even know yeah. was that a step like yeah. he just took off yeah In ultra slow motion to work out what happened <laughs> yeah you know even the big guys are really big guys you think no they can't move like that and they just got off off like a rocket so yeah. um and then you go to villages and, and and things like that and they're all playing with a, a bottle or something you know it's not even a rugby ball and um they've still got the talent that most of us don't possess so Pretty amazing. And they almost play like a childlike freedom, don't they? Like when you're six years old and you're playing on the beach and you're trying crazy stuff and they keep on doing it. And uh, yeah. so, I mean, I think if ever there's a country where rugby is genuinely in your blood, it's, yeah, I mean, Fiji's got to be, got to be close to it. Eh? Yeah, definitely. And then it's, it's kind of awesome to watch as well because there's no money involved. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sort of a big advocate for, I love that, that women have gone professionally, but I love the fact when you go to places like Fiji that they're doing it for the love of the game. Yeah. And I hope, that even though the women's have gone professional, which is great, hey, yep. cool, yeah. you know, that's what we need for the women's game to go forward. Yeah. But I hope they have that innocence still in them for the next 10, 15 years. You don't want to lose that sort of, um, like even when you're interviewing the girls, they've just got this real innocence around. They're not, they're not picture perfect. Yeah. They say some really funny stuff. Yeah, they're not sort of all media trained and that sort right, of thing. They're yeah. not media trained and they, and they say some stuff that is just kind of really funny. Yeah. Um, and a bit lighthearted and it's kind of quite entertaining to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what is the um, – and how often do the Black Ferns get to play Fijiana? Uh, sort of in 15? the 15s, yeah. Uh, not that often. They sent – a couple of years ago they sent a development team to Fijiana. Uh, okay. Um, 
I would, I would suggest that Fijiana are like in their, their for the 15s, they're quite in the um, development stage. Yeah. So they're kind of like most of the Pacific nations in, in around Oceania. Yeah. Um, they probably need more money pumped into it and to be able to be get that to the next level. Yeah. But like Samoa, the women's Samoans team is a really good team as well. Yeah. But again, you know, most of them are from Auckland. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're, you're, you're picking players that are living and breathing. Actually, I met a girl in, in L.A. about two weeks ago. Um, she was in the Fijiana team playing over in L.A. Oh, so, right. And she was, like, playing for a, a Roots team, which is a primarily black team. Yeah. Um, well, they are. They are they, and they get funding for, for um, I guess it's, I guess it's uh, you know, lower socioeconomic sort of climate. Yeah. So they, they get to play in these tournaments for free and um, they, they play. And she was like, yeah, I play for Manasina. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> You're American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was That's... cool. It's, it's really cool. And what about when did you go and play in the States? You were there for a while, weren't you, in Washington? Was that right? Yeah, yeah. I, started, oh. I went over in 2009 um, where the very first uh, WPL was over there. Okay. So I don't know. Yet. You, you know, back then it was like, hey – if you play rugby, you're kind of lucky to get to England. Um, I'd already – I think I was like 29 or something like 30. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Um, to get a visa was like – I was on the brink of not being able to get a visa. To because go to you were England. too old for I was too a old, profession. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I sort of was like, well, I'll chance my arm in the States, see how I go. And yeah. went over there, played the WPL. And then I came back. Then I went to Australia. Then I came back. Yeah. And then I ended up – Finishing my rugby career around about 32, I think it was. Okay. And then I got an offer to coach in Ireland. Play a coach. Yep. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you. What yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, we're starting up this women's rugby in, in Ireland, in Dublin. You'll love it. Um, yeah, didn't ask any questions. Didn't really ask about a visa. <laughs> oh, and, right. Yeah, I did nothing. No, none of that sort of stuff. And um, ended up in Dublin. This guy picks me up and he's like, here, here's your money. And you're just like... Like an envelope across the... Yeah, it was a white envelope. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, sweet. How much is it again? What did we agree on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we agreed on this. I went, would I better live on that? And he's like, probably not. Because <laughs> 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 we're talking Euro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, we've, been, we've been, you know, engaging with different rugby communities and, and in particular women's rugby and... What, without getting political, like the, the professionalism is climbing, but it's still really tough for the ladies to, you talk about development in Fiji. So when you say that word, I'm thinking, oh, they need, you know, more uh, forwards and they need coaches to like help with line out moves. But development starts with just being able to get a team at a training camp for two weeks yeah. um, at a time without them having to go back to their work or their, you know, their families and stuff. It, 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 how do you feel it's progressed and is it progressing fast enough to really ramp things up? Oh, look, I don't want to get into that yeah. sort of, that sort of uh, debate, but we all know and, and I know that World Rugby's done as much, well, they've tried to, to move it, which yeah. is the best start, right? Yeah. But... Countries like Fiji, for an example, they do have to go to a camp. They do have to leave their work. They do have to leave their whānau. They yeah. do have to come out and, and you know, put the mahi in. Um, we were in Singatoka and we, we watched the Olympic boys run up and down those Singatoka sand dunes. And, yeah. and that's their training park, yeah, yeah. you know. So, 
you know, you look at New Zealand's training park yeah. and, and it ain't a sand dune. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, sand dunes didn't well. <laughs> they are, they are really well. difficult. I just, we, we did go up and down and I was like, holy, yeah. these guys are got a mach- machine. Ridiculous. So, so the, for the women's game in most part, and it's all over, it's not just the, the oh. islands, it's, oh, yeah. it's, you know, Wales, for an example. They've, they, they, they've just contracted three players, but, yeah. you know, they've done nothing with their sevens, they've yeah. hardly done much with their fifteens. So if you were a Welsh player and you were playing over in England, which they do quite a lot, why the hell would you play for Wales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. why would you? Yeah. Like, you know, you're getting paid 50,000 euros, I think it is, yeah. or, or pounds in England. Yeah, yeah. Why the hell would you come back to get yeah, paid yeah, nothing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I coached a couple of Welsh girls in uh, a couple of years ago in LA again. They came over. And they were really good players, like, yeah. you know. And one of them now is just, I think she's a number, she's just starting for England, number nine, oh, right. Lucy. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah, and she was just like, why, why would I? Yeah. I get nothing from, from Wales, so why would I do it? It's yeah. the same as Scotland. Yeah. You know, why would you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's just tough, I mean, because you grow up thinking, you know, obviously the ideal, in the ideal world you want to play for your country of birth and you yeah. dream of running out in the red and singing out the national anthem. But, yeah, practicalities of life get in the way, eh? Yeah, and um, yeah. And, you know, in Scotland, you know, you've got a couple of Scottish players that would, would go and play for England and things like that and, Bitch, yeah. they would be sitting there going, hmm, I should have voted. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but it, the talent's there, so that's, that's what's exciting. And, you know, Ron and I, never, we, we don't just say this, we are very excited for the World Cup oh. um, that's about to take place in, in New Zealand because there are po- pockets of talent everywhere and there's, there's hopefully going to be some upsets just to create that excitement on the tournament. But even as South Africans, you know, I mean, I mean we've won three World Cups in the men's side of things and it's only now in the last couple of years that there's now sort of a full-time uh, you know like a curry cup what we call curry cup in South Africa for the ladies um, and it's I mean the the improvement that we've made by putting a bit of resources into the game in the last two or three years it's not rocket science eh? <laughs> it really isn't rocket science so <laughs> it's kind of like you know um, they have development programs and resources for a reason yeah 100% <laughs> yeah, yeah. it like, actually works, it yeah. works. <laughs> it, you know if it works in the men's game it's probably going to work in the yeah, women's yeah. game you know like you said not rocket science but you know you've got uh, I think your high performance manager, um, oh, she, the name is going. She's a ex Irish international. Yeah. Oh uh, yes, I've also, I've also missed her name. Top of my and yeah, she's yeah. brilliant. Like yeah. she was a brilliant player. Like yeah. I played against her a couple of times, okay. and and she's just smart. Like yeah. you, you know, when you get one of those players that just outwit you. Yeah. She's one of those. Oh, all the time, I know <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you're a prop. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, eh? fair enough. And uh, is there? Um, I actually want to go back and we'll talk a bit more about your background, Mira. But just in, just while we're on the subject of the World Cup, um, a month out from the World Cup now, or just under, um, do you sort of sense that sort of New Zealand's getting excited for it, or, or, or sort of rugby fans in New Zealand starting to sort of focus their minds on it? I think so. I think yeah. because there's there's been a lot more, um, I guess, marketing yeah. for it as well. And Rita Ora, like you know, they've got some big acts coming in yeah. and finishing it off with um, a New Zealand act as well. And also, you've got an underlying, I guess we call it the railway, the women's railway, you know. Um, I, like in the weekend, uh, finished off talking to one of the assistant coaches from Otago, Helen Littleworth, and she's yeah. like, right, all us old girls are going to the World Cup. Yeah. Why is your name not on it? I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going. Like, <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she goes, but you haven't, um, you haven't answered any emails or texts or nothing. Yeah. And I'm like... 
Oh, I'm, I'm going. I'm definitely going, yeah. Helen. I'm definitely going. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So yeah. There, there is an underground, and there's also a network of international um, ex players that, okay. that are coming as well, and and um, Northern are putting on some hungies and a few other yeah. bits and pieces. And so um, you've got Aroha Savage and her partner up there doing a few bits and pieces for 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 internationals to come over. You know. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So there is like little bits and things yeah. happening, and. Um, I think the opening, they're looking to get 20,000 people in the stadium, which I think they'll get. Yeah, it sounds like oh, it'll be the biggest ever and it'll be the b- biggest ever crowd, won't it? Yeah, I yeah, that's so. a women's game, for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, look, if, if Sock can get 8,000, I'm pretty sure we can get 20. Oh, no, I'm sure, pretty sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> I was hearing rumors it even sold out, but maybe, uh, maybe I'll get a bit ahead of myself. But I mean, that, yeah, that first, I mean, and also having three matches on one day. And trying to make it super family friendly, having the music and everything like that, and it's it's. Festival I mean, it's so appealing. appealing. Yeah, it really is an appealing product. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. the tickets are, are super cheap. Yeah. Like if you think a, a rugby, like a male yeah. equivalent, is between eighty and one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And so you're buying a ticket for forty bucks. Yeah, that's you know? so good. Like a family ticket type thing. Yeah, exactly. That's really really yeah. good. And, yeah, and you know, and it needs to be like at that space. I remember we were looking at going to an All Black match, and I got free tickets in the end. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, I was like. Oh, Eighty to one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, watch that. I'd rather stay at home and watch it on Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's. I mean, I think South Africa. We just again talk about yesterday. It's the World Cup sevens on at the moment, and mm. like we really got that South Africa. Like the Test matches, we kind of. It's very rare we actually sell out a te- uh, like a, a, a Springboks te- unless it's the All Blacks, like in Johannesburg or maybe Cape Town. We. It's embarrassing to say, like even Durban, where I'm from. You know, often, you know, quite often test matches aren't sold out, you know. I and thought it, it would be a sellout. Yeah, but it's just like we just make it too expensive, you yeah. know. Um, and then the Sevens, when the Sevens moved, the, the HSBC Seven Series moved to Cape Town, they made them really affordable. And it's just, it's, again, it's not rocket science. Full stadium, got that atmosphere, and now it's become an absolute institution. And yeah. uh, so it's, yeah, that little bit of greed. It's not rocket science. That little bit of greed. It's just, yeah, anyway, but it's, uh, yeah, anyway, I think it's, uh, we, we're thoroughly, thoroughly looking forward to it. And just on a, from a sort of uh, a performance point of view, um, Black Ferns a good place. Um, yeah, yes and no. I okay. think they're going to be a little bit short, and that's yes. not because they have lack of trying either. I yeah. think I think bringing Wayne Smith was probably the the genius stroke. Was it um, okay? Yeah, yeah, it was such a good idea. And Graham Henry's involved. Dan Carter's been involved. Uh, Richie yeah. McCall's been involved as well. So they've had the resources at, literally thrown at them. Yeah, but I think it could be. A little bit too late in the piece. Um, okay. you, you know, you're asking, uh, I guess, <laughs> Wayne Smith to win a World Cup in eight months. Yeah. I don't know any 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 team that's done that before. Yeah. And if and if they pull it off, wow, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. That's going to be a Houdini, yeah. if you ask yeah. me. Um, do I think they're going to? They, you know, I think you know if they get a good run to the final, I think they might be able to get good games. Yeah. Um, get some hard games, get some pressure on them. They might be able to knock over England. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah, England and France are pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. And also, I mean, they had two good results against the Wallaroos recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it would be like South Africa playing Samoa or something. Yeah, know? yeah, and no, then, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, no. So, like, the Willaroos are in, a, in what I call a, a, a – they're in a bit of a rebuilding phase themselves yeah, in yeah. terms of their coaching staff. And, you know, Peter Breen, I spoke to him in the weekend, and he, he was there. Do you know who Peter Breen is? Yes. Yep, yep. He was their assistant coach yep. we were at. He runs uh, Rugby Bricks. Yeah. And he was just like, look, I went for the head coach. They didn't give it to me, yeah. so I'm out. Yeah. I'll, go, I'll go coach Melbourne and Storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so okay, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but again, you know, it's old cliche. Anything can happen and maybe a bit of home ground advantage. Oh, and, uh, yeah. 
absolutely. Yeah. I think you know if they've got, they're going to throw the gauntlet at it, they're trying that. Like I said, not lack of trying. Yeah. So I think if they're in, if those girls are in good nick, those some of those sevens players come back and yeah. without any injuries, we're, we've got a good chance. Yeah, that's really awesome. Eh? It's always good for a tournament to have a good a home team have a good run as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's a long flight to get you, so that home ground advantage. <laughs> yeah. you, you got that extra player on the field. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. And the, obviously, there's going to be New Zealand fans in the in the, in the stadium. So that's another 10% lift, isn't it? 100%, yeah. Well, not 100%, 10%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Rick, can we just go back a little bit? So we just dived into the conversation and absolutely loving it. But um, when you, you're growing up, and um, was, was rugby just something that you – how did you get into rugby is the, is the question. Like in South Africa, it's like, you know, for if you ask a – a white South African male, that's just what you do. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, and but in, for you, was it a was it a sort of a, a sport you just got drawn to? And um, well, I'm a bit older than most people, so I missed. The, I, I guess I've missed the generation where the six year olds actually go out and play um, rugby. Yeah, so okay. I didn't start till I was about. Probably about 16, 17. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. What did you do before that? What's yeah, it, so, yeah, so before that, so I lived, um, here's a wee context of this. I lived on the end of the earth, like uh, about 45 minutes, or actually it's an hour from here. Yeah. Um, on a seaside farm. Okay. So it's called, it, well, depending where you come from, yeah. it's Wakabatu or Whakabatu. Okay. Whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to want to call it, yeah. Um, and it's 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 royal, it's it's rugged, it's um, no, I think the nearest farmer was like another two k's away right. and things like that. So properly uh, remote, eh? yeah, very yeah. remote. Yeah. But obviously, we had a whole backyard to be, you know, having a good time. Yeah. And, um, and we had a few kids around, so okay. there was a few of us. There was four of us, okay. so um, lots of lots of kids to play with, and yeah. things like that. And we started off in hockey to start off with, and I made oh, a few right. New Zealand sides f- for that. So yeah. I was in a New Zealand academy in 2000 and, uh, I think it was 2019. I don't actually know, to be about 2000, I, I would suggest. Okay. Really early. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe earlier than, no, it wasn't, 90, it's 1995. Sorry about that. Okay. It's hard to remember that sort of thing. <laughs> and I was in the, Centuries uh, come and go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and could have been 1996, actually, but. Okay. Yeah. We, when we were, yeah, and it was in a New Zealand uh, hockey academy, and basically we were flying up every two months for a camp. Okay, got time off school. Yeah. I hated school, so um, I, did, yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Later school, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the next year I applied to go to a private school, um, St Margaret's in Christchurch, just because. Wow. Couldn't read or write properly. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> my parents were like very, very scared for me. Oh, yeah. okay. Better get the stuff sorted out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ended up going to St Margaret's for a year um, on a scholarship. Uh, they paid for most of it, so thankful because my parents couldn't afford it. That's amazing. Huh? Yeah, and um, they found out that I had was neurodivergent, which is uh, I've got dis- uh, very high dyslexia. Okay. Um, and through that, I was being able to go to university. Um, you know, working some pretty awesome jobs. Um, yeah, and so, you know, they've given me tools to, to survive in the world would be yeah. the word and ended up finishing off hockey. We went to an under-21 tournament and made, made the New Zealand side there and then I was like, look, I'm all burnt out from hockey yeah. because uh, we were getting up at six o'clock and running and then afterwards I was doing skills and, yeah. and then I play, started playing hockey at, uh, rugby at school, St Margaret's, which 
should never have had a rugby team. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I was the only probably multi-Indigenous person there. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you, know, you were, you were t- took to it pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. We, we, we started playing and we won the, um, the Canterbury Champs. Oh, right. Which... And we played Villa Maria, I think it was, back in those days. But now Christchurch Girls High are, like, phenomenal. Okay. They, yeah. They've just won the um, the Nationals with uh, Marikura, yep. which is a Māori, Māori school. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much how that happened. And then I ended up playing for Christchurch. Yeah. And then uh, made the Canterbury side, yeah. which I don't know how I did because yeah. I never trained. Uh, <laughs> I drank lots of beer. And then, and then I just, I don't know, one day I just decided to train. So Yeah. And then I played played rugby league. It just went round and round for about six years. Uh, sevens, rugby, rugby league, yeah. touch, and it just kept on going round and round. So I did that for about six to seven years. Yeah. And your first um, representative cap for New Zealand would have been in? Uh, would have been in rugby league. Oh, was it rugby? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was glad that came first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Kiwi Fern. And then, well, you could say sevens, but the archives won't say it, but that's okay. Okay, um, yeah, I sure wanted to ask about that. Yeah. yeah, so it was in the New Zealand Sevens Development Squad just before they pulled the pin on it. Okay. Um, and there was quite a few of us, actually. It's kind of amazing, like, it's kind of strange how they had, like, 30 names down on the list, go to a tournament, and the next week they're like, right, we're not having Sevens anymore. See ya. Well, okay, <laughs> some decision in the boardroom made somewhere. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I think they moved funding from um, the sevens pot to the fifteens pot, okay. so they could win the World Cup, which okay. is cool, all good. Yeah, and they didn't bring it back. All right, oh, not so cool. Yeah, yeah. So that so the New Zealand sevens official team never never came back for another ten years. Yeah, okay. So we had we were in a team called the um, Aotearoa Maoris. Okay, and look. We had more Pākehā playing for us than yeah. we did Māori. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a true. It wasn't a true New Zealand side, but it was a true. New yeah, Zealand it was. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything but name. We basically. even had Anna Richards playing for like, us at yeah, one stage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there we there go. You yeah, go, you know. And this this would have been around what kind of year? Uh, two th- early two thousands, right to two thousand and eight. Okay, be, would be around about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then looking, moving ahead now, what's what's keeping you busy nowadays? Um, so I, I was coaching quite a bit. So yeah. I went overseas for 10 years yeah. coaching and I coached in uh, the Austrian Development Office. Yeah, I was actually going to ask if I heard that correctly. Austria? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah just, they used to fly me out every um, three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, just fly from Dublin to Austria. Yeah. It, was, it was great for my visa. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I did that. I um, was in Dublin for six years. Okay. Yep. Did you enjoy it in the end? I know you obviously arrived with a, a dodgy oh, <laughs> envelope the, handing over the um, um, it was such a great learning experience in terms of how to not do things. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I get a lot of girls who actually email me going, oh, I'm thinking of, okay, have you done it? Here's the checklist that you need to check before you go. Yeah, okay. So yeah. that's, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. Yeah. Make sure you get this sorted, you know. But it's still a positive life experience in the oh, end. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I remember my first game down in Wicklow and um, played the game Scored a couple of tries. Not that I was the fastest player in the world, but okay, cool. Yeah. And um, we get in the bar the next, you know, and the guy's like, you women players should be in the kitchen. And I go to him, dude, if, if you want me to cook for you, you're going to be dead in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, would you like a pint? <laughs> good. Yes, I would. <laughs> uh, good on you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and, then coming, and then obviously coming back to – you almost went full circle, traveling all around, living around the world, and then came back and uh, high performance coach here in um, in Southland. Yeah, so so I ended up in Japan um, on a professional contract there, 
coaching the sevens over there. And then in between Japan, went back to America, coaching a, an Olympic academy there. And then, um, you know, just whānau stuff. Like, you know, mum had died and dad right. was sort of just here and, you know, by himself. And, and I wasn't making a huge amount of money. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, yeah, came back and um, hooked, it, uh, hooked up with uh, Rugby Southland. Yeah. And they, the worst thing ever. I guess I'm, I'm going to say this because it's it's probably something that um, they gave me a contract for forty grand. Okay. For the year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I, they were expecting you to do what for that? Oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Blood. Blood. Yeah. And I looked at the guy and I was like, okay, I have a degree in sociology, um, criminology, sociology. I'm kind of a bit of a smart person. I've never worked for that. Like even in 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 Dublin, they they offered me more money yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah. It, like and no car, no nut. Like it was like the bones of the bones. And he's like, "That's all I've got." And I'm like, "No, I think you got more than that." Yeah. And I know you have. And he's like, "Okay, I'll give you 45." <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, yeah. and then and at the time I was running like a women's recruitment. Sort of where I was placing people around the world, okay, in Japan yeah. and all different places. Oh yeah, and you can't do that either because that's a conflict of interest. And I said, Jesus, yeah, you yeah. can stick your conflict up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, like you're, you're you're telling me that you want to control my life yeah. for forty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And I've just got to suck it up and go, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is that yeah. What you yeah. Well done. You, I, I, I really enjoy people that stand up for themselves because that happens all around the world. So that's oh, no, cool I did story. the contract. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I stood up for anything. Like, I, I, might, I, might, I might have like said something. You told then, him what you thought and you said yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and at the time, you know, I took, took the contract, but then I had like three other jobs. I was working 60 hours. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, and, and in that time, we, Basically, he wanted me to, to set up a high-performance unit for women because yeah. at the time they had no high-performance, um, no, no, no names on paper, no nothing. Yeah. So put all the resources in it. Well, $25,000. Yeah. Thanks, Rugby Southland. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so we got up. You know, I had 60 people on, on the books. Oh, yeah. uh, we had remote um, – I negotiated remote contracts so that people can have a gym and go and then have something in Queenstown and, and things like that. We got um, – Isaac Tatamaki involved and we paid him okay. some of the money that was supposed to go somewhere else okay. and I moved somewhere else um, and got him to coach the girls for sevens. So me and him coached the girls in sevens. Yeah. And, you know, we were relatively successful, you know. Yeah. Um, our 15s did really well, our under 80. Each, each, each provincial level, we won something. Yeah, I was actually reading earlier, you also, like, I think it was 2019, the under 15 girls won one That's then. right, yeah. 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 We nine under 15s, and one of them are actually is actually playing for Otago at the moment. Oh, right, know? okay. We've actually got girls splattered everywhere. Amy Rule, who, she yeah, played so for sevens for us. Yeah, um, yeah. She was like, Mitty, I, I can't play sevens. Well, guess what? Yeah, yeah. You can now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a black fern now, you know. Um, Amy Duplessis also played for us okay. as well. Um and again, you know, we worked with her and, and got South and name. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's definitely South African. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love it how they go on TV. She's like Amy Duplessis, born in South Africa from Christchurch. Well, actually, she's from Invercargill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your um, uh, 
the netballer, uh, Irene van Dijk. I think she's one of very <laughs> Kiwi. Very Kiwi, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one, of, one of New Zealand's most famous sportswomen. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. famous. We stole her from you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, no, I, think she, I think from a career decision, it's probably a good thing for her to come here. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> if you want to give us more South Africans, we're happy to take them. <laughs> <laughs> we are a great exporter of sports people. Yeah. As long as they stay in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm half a right. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as they don't become Australians, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's harder to watch them running out for England and Scotland and things like that, yeah, right? um, yeah. and France. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> um, the Hapori Festival, I've completely butchered that, haven't I? Yeah, the yeah, name yeah of but it. that's okay. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your involvement? Yeah, so, so um, yeah, the Etotor Hapori Festival. Okay. So we created that um, just out of COVID. Um, basically, the Etotor is already, already established by New Zealand Rugby. Okay. Um, and what that is is a vehicle for people to come together and it's a cultural vehicle, right? They okay. use rugby. Rugby is the vehicle. Yeah. And they attach cultural um, nuances, I guess, towards it. So so you, you get uh, from nine to I think it's 14-year-olds coming okay. in. Okay. And they come in and they get to understand who they are as, as, as a Māori. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first and foremost thing, which is cool. And who delivers those pro- Who delivers those sessions? New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand Māori Rugby League. So okay, Tiki yeah. Edwards does that. And he goes, it's kōwai, yeah. It means who am I? Who am I? Okay, yeah. Who, yeah. who am I? Sort of thing. Um, and, and, and they come around the country and they deliver those. And they haven't really been – they've been quite hard – yeah, how do I put this? If you don't have someone on the ground um, organising it, yeah. it, it becomes what I call a shit fest. Okay. Um, and no one really turns up and it's not really organised. Yeah. So what I decided to do is create um, the Harpoody Festival attaching to it. And got funny funding from Community South um, and a few other bits of it. We got about $25,000 oh, to right. run it. Yeah. Okay. So we, we through the COVID, we, we wrote some grants, uh, yeah, me and okay. a friend and – Sat there, wrote the grants, got the money in, yeah, and then we delivered the program. All during COVID, just straight after COVID. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, yeah. So you got to think about it in context. Is like when when you're delivering programs, you get marketing, right? You yeah. put the marketing, you go around schools, and you, you deliver pamphlets, or you yeah. have talks, or however you want to market it. Yeah. So our marketing was going around Fano and Marais and and stuff like that, okay. um, and going to places where we think that Maori people hang out. Yeah. So you know, and who are rugby players, and the, and and these these. A lot of Māori rugby players down here, yeah. they just don't get opportunity. And that's that's the thing that we wanted to give them is an opportunity to have what I would call high-performance principles. Okay. Not, not exactly high-performance, but yeah. like, you know. Higher performance, yeah. Higher-performance principles in terms of well-being, yeah. nutrition. We had financial capabilities in it as well. So we're teaching them about money, which yeah. is something that our young people need. Yeah. Um, Rangatahi are like terrible with money. Basic financial literacy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor. You yeah. think that they always see the big racy car and they, they think, oh, whew, I'll yeah. get that. Yeah. How much money money you got in your back, bro? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> here's yeah. your here's your 20% interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's uh... Yeah. So we, we taught we're teaching them about interest and, yeah. and what that compels and, and compounds. Compounds, and, yeah. Yeah. And that and strength and conditioning and, and things like that. So and and also having a cultural aspect to it. So yeah. huckers, welcoming, porfities. Um, and just been knowing that they are really awesome because they're Māori, because they're really unique. So that program was probably one of my, I guess, my loves. It was so good. Um, 
And we had 80 people there straight out of COVID, yeah. rainy day, um, and we had whanau members there as well. So yeah. we had mums and dads. Yeah. And they were allowed, you know, we, the whole kaupapa was around about whanau as well. So yeah. so the family was allowed to be part of it. Yeah. So they're allowed. A bit of courage probably. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and we had kai and food and, and stuff like that. Mm. So so everyone came in, pōwhiri, uh, welcoming, um, cultural sort of singing, waiatas and things like that. And then split up into all these different groups and then vehicle. Like I said, rugby was a vehicle. Yeah. Um, we probably spent an hour on rugby and we were there from like nine till four. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, you know, there's not much rugby going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And there was, you know, uh, lunch, there was games, there was all these really cool aspects yeah. of it. And it got the community involved as well, like the Māori community, who don't really get the love that they deserve. They okay. kind of get put on the back burner a little bit. Down here, you mean specifically in South? So, I, yeah. would, I would say, like, here's a, I guess here's an example. A guy had been um, coaching rugby for a very long time and, you know, I've had my level two for God knows how long yeah. and I've gone through the level three program for world rugby. And he'd been coaching way before I had been coaching. Yeah. And probably coaching like under 16s, under 18s, provincial rugby, you know, doing – and he's never had his level two. Oh, okay. Because whoever puts the names forward puts the names forward, you know, and, yeah. and they don't really go right. So I tried to convince uh, NZR that we should have a Māori arm to it. Yeah. And that I would – because I've got a trainers as well – that I would deliver the training part of it and then we will put all these Māori coaches and get them um, – Certified. certified, yeah, yeah. Yep, because the only way we're going to move the game is if they're certified. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, look, when you've got a new idea, sometimes it takes, it takes a little yeah, bit of time yeah. and you have to sort of like, you know, massage some egos yeah. and rub some backs and I just couldn't be bothered doing that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd been at my wits end by the end of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so what, but, but I mean, you look, you must be, I mean, you must be like super proud of, of, of what, you, what, you, what you achieved there. Yeah, and I mean, just to see those young people. What, what sort of age people are you talk? What sort of youngsters? So we also hired this one dude who who's a boxer down here, okay. and he was to look after any kids that were just you know kind of running around. So yeah. even if they were like little babies and that, so he would take them through some boxing stuff or whatever. Oh, that's cool. I just said I don't care what you do with them, just yeah. make sure that they don't you know go on the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was kids like um, I would I would suggest kids from seven all the way up to eighteen, nineteen. Oh right, okay, full yeah. range, yeah, yeah, full range of kids, and then their parents as well so there so on our data sheet we had 80 kids yeah. but there could have been 100 people which there wasn't because it was level two and we weren't allowed to have over 100 <laughs> 99, 99 there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to deliver a program that sort of keeps seven to 18 year olds sort of interested and occupied i mean how to you know the curriculum around that getting that right you know because i mean obviously eight-year-olds sort of have different things that yeah. appeal to them than 18 year olds yeah look look and the program that um new zealand rugby union have got is actually a pretty good one is well the multi multi arm of it yeah um because they do the, you know they connect them to their multi-culture and yeah. i think it's missing in a lot of things like yeah. in our everyday lives it's missing um you end up living a, a, I guess, a, a, a different life. And so they, they are very much, t you know, drawn towards that culture. And also they were just, they were just moving, you know. And, and to be honest, I made sure every minute was, like, accounted for. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, here's, here's the itinerary, move them along, yeah. you know. This is how you run a, run a, run a, um, an event. You yeah. just move them along, make sure that they, they are doing something yeah. and make sure that they don't wander. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep them engaged. Keep yeah. them engaged. Yeah. Get, keep them engaged. And, and then, they, or they, then they went out and trained for a couple yeah. of hours, you know. And so that shows that, 
Yeah, you can get people, and I always talk about this with with netball and this. You can get people in a door, yeah. um, and you can sell a product. I call it, I guess it is a product, yeah. but you can sell something to people if it's interesting. Yeah, that's it. Oh, well, it's it leads nicely onto the um, the child fund rugby <laughs> conversation <laughs> or discussion, and uh, we're obviously absolutely. You know, super proud to be raising funds and awareness for them and the programs that they deliver. And, uh, you know, I think as well, like you can talk all about the theory, um, but it's when you actually go and visit an effective program on the ground. Um, you know, and I've been lucky enough to visit program in Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia. Uh, we saw elements of it in Fiji, Timor-Leste, we had people involved there. And it's incredible how... And any sport, we obviously, rugby is our sport and, you know, Adam and I are never going to play for South Africa or come even close to it, but it's been a part of our lives and in various, and it's just given us so much opportunity and given us so much. Um, And then when you go to countries like, uh, you know, it's obviously different challenges, but a lot of them are related. So in like Laos and Vietnam, there's now more young girls and women playing rugby than men in the whole country. Mm. Thanks to the program that they're delivering, because they're specifically targeting young women and young girls there who don't get the opportunities that the boys do. So often at 12 years old, the girls are kind of expected to be taken out of school to go and work in yeah. rice fields, work in the kitchens. Um, and sport is like, if you've heard the privilege of boys. Um, yeah. and, you, and you chuck a football or soccer ball around and all the boys take it over. Um, you do the same with the basketball. Then you bring this oval-shaped ball that nobody knows. You told them it's a girl's sport or a genuine neutral sport. And the girls say, okay, we'll take that. And uh, pass backwards, please. Yeah, yeah. Pass, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Um, and they'll take ownership of it. And, uh, and again, those sessions are, you know, they're not full-day sessions, but those are like, you know, sort of week off, you know, like 13-week program, two-hour sessions, and half of it is rugby and half of it is life skills. That's right, yeah. And it's just that hook to get them there, yeah, and, and you know, and, and the thing is, is, is if they're engaged, and this is with anything, anything, anything with kids in the Rangatahi and, and, and Tamariki, if they're engaged, they'll be they'll fully engage with you. They, yeah. they will be in there and they will be loving it. And yeah. um, it's us adults that ruin it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's us adults deciding that we've got to plan the session to the T and it's got to look like this. When yeah. really, when those kids turn up, it, they're the ones that, they're the, they're the artists, they're the ones who deliver the program really it's only like I said it's us that ruin it <laughs> That's a, yeah. we're the fun police <laughs> well, that, yeah, yeah, we, yeah I mean I think and, and I mean we Adam we did a, we did a bit of a um, presentation the other day to Child Fund Australia themselves and I mean it just yeah um, I've lost my train of thought but those oh but you know the young but those young players or people that come through the program they then become the coaches exactly. at 15 16 17 18 19 20 so they are like as connected you are, understand those people better. So that's who you want designing the program. Hey, how, how do you how do you how do you work a factory? But people work in the factory. Yeah, you know, like the factory people now. They're now they're the head of the factory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's a extremely. Uh, what, what you said about just getting people into the door—that's the rugby ball is doing that. Hmm. And after that, the world is, you know, their own. They can become event planners because they've seen an event on the ground, which an opportunity they wouldn't have had. They can become professional rugby players if they want. They can become coaches, high-performance staff, broadcasters, all from a one-hour rugby session. And someone was saying what uh, in Southeast Asia, what excited a lot of the kids was because the ball bounced funny. So they didn't even know what the sport is. Like, this is fun because there's this element of surprise. And, you know, us adults, like we said, we're we, we so um, like closed-minded. You think, no, no, it's not about how funny it bounces. It's like, well, let it bounce funny. You know, That's right. play. Play football with the rugby ball and if that makes you have fun for an hour and learn about yourself and build confidence, then let's do it. 
And after that, you know, you get an opportunity. You, you spoke about going to St. St. Margaret's. Yeah, St. Margaret's, yeah. And it gave you awareness of, you know, how you, know, what, how you best study and, what, you know, how you can go moving forward. If a one-hour session can do that or a full festival can do that, oh, uh, it changes a kid's life. And, you know, like I said, us as adults, we need to just realize that just the smallest high-five or exposure to yeah. something cool like that will change their life. And, yeah. uh, that, you know, that's what I believe in with Child Fund Rugby at the moment and it's, it's incredible. Yeah, like, you know, we're just so – and I don't know if it's a European thing or, or it's from the Māori context. It's very much – we're very much a play sort of orientated um, culture anyway. Yeah. So um, – and we're also sort of like, you know, just give things a go. It doesn't really matter. There's yeah. no – it's a laissez-faire sort of, sort of okay. quite, quite, quite culture. Yeah. And so when you come into rugby, when you first come in, and I've gone and watched a couple of rugby when they're five and six, I'm like, why are you structuring this? Throw the ball out. Like, yeah. let them have a bit of fun. Have some fun with them. Yeah, yeah. Why is this so bloody important? And then you, you get some crazy coaches and you're like, dude. You're not coaching the All Blacks. Yeah. And I, and <laughs> I've, 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 I must admit, like, you know, I've been brought up in the country out here and I go go out to the pub and have a few beers with, with my, you know, ex, yeah. ex, I guess, pupils and things like that. And they're like, oh, you think you know everything about rugby? And I go, well, I don't. Because yeah, then yeah. I'd like, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't be able to coach. That's the first thing. The first thing is to understanding where your abilities are. Yeah. And, and I can tell you right now, I would not know what the scrum looks like. Yeah, so, yeah. hey, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And, and, you know, I'm, and I'm sitting here and, and he's like, yeah, well, I've won every single game. And I said, well, geez, you know, the best learning experience is how many times you lose. Yeah. Like, when you lose, you can actually go, boom, I found it. And that's the gems. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with winning and losing. Yeah. Like, dude. And, and before I leave, what level have you coached at? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like under 16s. And I was like, <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> Buy me another pint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, mate. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't think you're a loser. <laughs> no, this has been quite an incredible conversation, yeah. I must say. And unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up soon. We've got uh, some cycling to do. We've got we've got to make our way to Auckland over the mountainous ranges of the west coast and. Well, you have no everything's. Idea. You have yeah, no we have idea. no idea what. <laughs> I've watched Lord of the Rings. That's about it. <laughs> so basically, going from Invercargill all the way through uh, Wanaka and straight through the middle of Tikapo. Is that right? And West Coast? To, to Greymouth. Greymouth, yeah. yep. And going across, which. Yeah, that's a hard. That's going to be a hard yakka going through Wanaka and Tikapo, That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck on that Crown Range. <laughs> <laughs> In late winter, I, t- I tell everybody it's early spring. Everyone tells me it's late winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's early spring. No, that the snow's still there, <laughs> and the ice is still on the road. <laughs> well, we've still got time to change our mind and head for Dunedin and Christchurch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably where I'd go. <laughs> but you'll get more of the beauty though. It's such a beautiful, um, like the South Island is very beautiful, and you will see it like. The changes of the scenery looks like a little bit like you go through Spain and Italy. Okay. You know, you've got some mountains, and then all of a sudden it's flat. You know, yeah, um, yeah. so very much that you're gonna you're gonna see something you probably haven't seen, yeah. but you can identify from other countries. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Eh? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's warm up the legs and uh, yeah, wrap this up and just thank you again. This was a very exciting way to kick off our New Zealand leg. 
Yeah, Miro, we've been so, we, we talk about it all the time. We've, this, this opportunity that we've got to soccer around the world uh, for Child Fund um, to the Rugby World Cup, we've just, it's opened so many doors for us to meet cool people and cool experiences, and this is, this is one of them. So thank you so much, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in Auckland. Fangare at some stage during the World Cup? Oh, absolutely. I'll give yeah. you a text. We'll Please. go for a beer. Okay, look forward to it. All right, <laughs> cool. Thanks for the coffee. Look forward to the beer. And guys, if you are um, still listening to us, if you, um, please do visit racetorugbyworldcup.com and donate to our fundraising efforts for Child Fund Rugby. I know Miro will appreciate it, will appreciate it. And um, as you talked about, the impact that that money makes uh, cannot be overstated. So thank you. Kaki tip.